0: Whether you're learning the basics or you want to be a rock master, we have a class for you from high-level overviews to specific features. Find the training class that fits your needs this year at community.rockrms.com slash classes. Welcome to our 18th episode of Rockcast. I'm Emily. I'm part of the Spark team. I work with our financials as treasurer and with our churches, um, donors, and people in general. So I'm kind of the people person here at Spark. And uh, let's go around and introduce who else is here. How about you start, John?
1: Okay. I'm John. I'm part of the core team working on development and
2: other activities. AKA mad scientist.
1: Whatever you want. I feel like this is like the episode on survivor where that Phil gives everybody like a code word for the secret agent I don't think if watch the survivor but anybody who does would know that that reference was about
2: I'm David Turner uh, I work with John and core team and Emily and uh, just do a lot of developing what's his what's my code word don't thing? you have one from your slides 2009 oh gosh so 2009 Yes, yeah. a lifetime ago seven years ago yeah okay I don't remember. We'll look it up for next time. I'm Nick Erdo. I uh, work at Central Christian Church, and I just do some miscellaneous tasks here uh, at Spark, but I'm primarily uh, at Central doing rock stuff. And, and you brought a guest today. we have a special guest. That's right. Taylor? Yep.
1: Uh, I'm Taylor Cavalletto. I work alongside Nick at Central Christian Church, just
2: helping roll out rock. And you just happen to be in the area and start, decide to stop by? Yep. Cool. Thanks, cool. For have, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah. It's good. We have a full team here around the microphone today. So let's talk about the conference first. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, yes.
1: Yes. Let's do if this. you've <laughs>
0: not had a chance to sign up or register for the conference yet, do it. Let's get your stuff in order. We have a really fun conference coming up in August in L.A. at Bel Air Church. Thank you, Bel Air. We're going to have a great location for that this year. And it is August 24th through 25th. Register soon to get the early bird pricing locked in. It's at $349 right now. It will be going up by $50, so you'll want to get going on that soon. Also, if your organization would like to be a sponsor at the conference, we'd love to have you. You can go to our conference page to register as a sponsor or as an attendee, and that's rockrms.com slash rx2016, which is the name of the conference. We have some pretty cool things going on this year. John, you want to give a little sneak peek?
1: Sure. Um, I think as we get closer to the conference, we're, you know, brainstorming different ideas. And obviously, a lot of it, we want it to be community um, supported. as people get up there, talk about how they're using Rock, different ideas, different things that they had lesson learns. Um, a lot of people are working on custom packages and custom uh, plugins. We'd love to have that be demoed. Um, But as we get closer, we think of more and more things that we want to talk about. And we have some really cool announcements that we want to make at the conference this year. And it's hard not to even want to talk about them now. But But we're not going to. We're not going to. Right. But there's some really cool things and some um, cool technologies, cool directions, cool innovations that I think you guys are really going to love to see. And we can't wait to show them um, at Rock RX 25. 16. I almost said 15. I'm still living in 2015. So uh, yeah, so it's going to be an exciting conference.
0: Don't miss it. Nick, we had an interesting situation come up this week, right? We had a question submitted that we want to just create a whole new segment around.
2: Yeah, we're going to start something called Ask the Architects. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask the architects, go ahead and drop it into the core weekly question on the Slack channel. So this week... This question was about uh, the design of... uh, Well, let me just read it. It says, currently for every person in the database, there are four additional records created. A known relationship group and a group member record with the person as the owner. There's also an implied relationship group with a group uh, member record with the person as the owner. In fact, there's another set that isn't mentioned here. It's the family. A family group is created with the person um, in there as well. So they were asking about... After they imported 250,000 records, um, there were a million records total. So we thought we would cover that today. John, do you want to yeah, explain the, that? The question
1: was like, you know, why create them when you don't need them? Why not create them as you need them? And actually in Rocket, if you don't make those, it will actually create them for you on the person profile page. But there's a lot of other pages that assume that those models exist and may not consider that they don't exist. Um, so there's really two, two schools of thoughts. Um, one is create them as you need them. The other is just create them ahead of time. Um, and we've chosen to do the create them ahead of time. There's some performance reasons for that. It's a little faster. Um, but it's really the other reason, which is we don't want to have to always be checking. In every single place it assumes that assumes they, that they're created, that they actually exist. Especially if you consider like if you're a SQL person and maybe you're trying to put in some uh, implied relationships or known relationships, it would be a real pain to every time you're trying to do an insert to have to assume that, do I need to check if that group exists? If it isn't there, create it. From a SQL perspective, that would be pretty tricky. But we also have to consider every other plugin developer, module developer out there that um, are they going to know to do that? Um, some of that we could abstract into the service layer, um, but at the same time, um, we don't always know what they're going to do. I think that was, that's what really makes rock tricky, is that not only do we have to program in this for what is best and easiest for us, but we also have to consider every other developer out there and their needs, um, their skill set. And what do we even have to document for them? Sometimes we'll do things a little bit harder for us, but we're like, yeah, we'll never have to document that, though. Like, it'll just automatically work, and they don't have to worry about that teeny-tiny detail. Um, so there's a lot that goes in to Rock. It certainly would be much easier to write this if it was for one church on one server, um, and we never had to worry about migrations. and.
2: That would be, like, the easy button.
1: Right. Or even, you know, some of the hosted solutions, I mean, they they get to have to worry about a lot of details that they only they need to know. But we don't have that luxury. We have to write everything that there could be hundreds of developers on thousands of servers who knows what they've done to their database. Some things probably good and expected and a lot of things not good and not expected that we have to still jump through hoops on. Um, so... But I think it's a good question. I think it you know, kind of goes down to, like, there's two different ways. Why is it this way versus another way? Um, I realize it probably seems somewhat inefficient in terms of database use because we've created a million records that perhaps would not be needed initially. I think over time, though, those records would be needed. And I think if you have a database where you are putting 250,000 people to create a few of these little te- you know text records, I mean, it's – Literally a couple probably mag in the in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not you know, the trade off is probably not that that bad. Um, but it's a good question. I mean it's from a if you want to be pure and and, um, and and efficient,
2: I could see why that would seem somewhat inefficient. And because we don't have time to answer these sorts of questions all the time, we'll try to collapse them into these podcasts.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, I think what of people don't realize is the number of channels that we get these types of questions on a weekly basis, even on a daily basis. I mean, there's Slack. There's a lot of private Slack messaging going on back and forth with questions like this. And sometimes it gets very overwhelming because we want to be responsive. We want to explain and help. But at the same time, it, it, we literally have two jobs. We have the job of helping the core and the community, and the job of paying the bills and, and doing the consulting. And um, not that we're trying to like get out of either, but there's some days when it just feels very overwhelming.
0: We're rarely sitting around twiddling our thumbs.
1: Yeah, my thumbs are very out of shape right yes. now because they've not been twiddled in <laughs> many years. Um, but I hope to get back to that someday. Maybe in retirement, I'll get back to. It.
2: Thumb twiddling. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're they're kind of like lean thumbs. They need to get a little <laughs> bit of extra meat to them.
0: So anyway, if you want to submit a question to get uh, considered for the podcast, do that through the core weekly question um, on the Slack channel, and then we will pull them from there. John mm. will with his thumbs.
1: Now I'm thinking about like some kind of thigh master for the thumbnail. It's like, how can we market this? <laughs> Maybe there's a YouTube video. Huh? John has a third job now. That's right. <laughs> Just inquiring minds want to know.
2: Suzanne Summers might need another job. <laughs> Good. What about the next release of Rock or Patch? We'll David handle that uh, one. That would be version 4.6. Uh, that will probably go to Alpha at end of next week or around that time frame. Um, and it's primarily made up of issues that have been reported in GitHub. Um, one of them being group security. And there's a little bit of discussion about that in Slack. So there's a fix to that. Um, and then just really, the rest of it is just issues that have been reported. Um, so that should go to alpha next week and probably to beta a week or so after that.
1: I think that that group discussion was a really positive and and great discussion i mean i I love that part of the community where we can get input on i mean that turned out to be part bug part architectural clarification like i think we even clarified a few little things in that but it just makes the product so much better when there's that kind of collaboration on on innovating so
2: right there was quite the whiteboard discussion here in the office and going back and forth and um, so it's not just something that was you know lightly thrown out there
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that, that is, I mean, just from the dialogue, I hope we didn't feel like we weren't being super jump on that, but we were trying to figure it out and look at, okay, A, it looks like there's a bug, let us we had to figure that out. B, we had to, you know, look back to, like, why did we make those decisions and try to relearn why it was that way. And once we got that, then we thought, well, that's actually pretty much right, except A, there was a little bit of a, of a bug, and B, there's minor tweaks to, to some of the considerations now that we've had a little bit more time, you know, in in actual practical use. But it's great that we can have those conversations, that we can work together with a larger set of community uh, involvement, and that only makes the product better. Um, So that that was actually kind of a fun thing, I thought.
0: And speaking of the community working together, what are some other ways that we can help move ROCK forward as a community?
2: Yeah, this uh, this came up um, in, in our little group at Central where we've seen—actually, uh, we're all dealing with this right now. We'll have a church contact us. Somehow they found out we're using rock, and they are looking for assistance. So I know, John, you've fielded some of these questions um, from your local churches. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we do this all the time. That's part of the other things that people probably don't see is that
1: we are helping— In a lot of ways, it probably isn't publicly known, like not because we don't want to be public, but just they come to us in a private way. So we just take care of it in a private way.
2: Right. And so we're when, when these churches approach you guys, we also encourage you to definitely take an extra step and lend them a hand and, you know, answer their questions. Don't don't hard sell rock. But if if they're asking about help to move to rock, definitely point them to the right resources or actually go and help them. And I would just like to point out, uh, Derek is a community member doing that uh, for several other churches in our area down in the uh, east side of the valley.
1: Yeah, and sometimes that's in person, and a lot of times that's in Slack, and it's a lot of times it's on the Q and A. I mean, there are there's a couple guys that's really hitting it out of the park on the Q and A site. You know, Jim Michaels and David Lay, or I mean, I can imagine not having them doing what they're doing in the Q&A. It just, it's just such a relief to go through the digest real quick and just say, okay, who the, there's people taking care of these these folks because I'd probably crack if I had to also do that. Um, and I know we've talked in the past that there is a tidal wave coming, and it is coming. There's, we're really close to having a few emails go out to church networks of literally tens of thousands of people that are going to be talking about rock. And as a community, if we're not ready for that, you know, we will topple over. And we have some strategies before those emails go, a couple more podcasts and a couple, uh, probably a blog post on things we actively need from the community when those go out. And and uh, we have some strategies about how we can uh, work together to, to kind of help that and be very strategic and effective and efficient on how we um, do that. So we're working on some plans there and we'll be sharing those as we get closer to sending those emails. But it also, this whole conversation reminds me of a podcast I was listening to this week and, and probably several people out there probably listen to the same podcast. But it was talking about this guy who had, uh, crazy enough, he decided, he's very rich. Let me start with that. He's very rich and he decided that he wanted to have a Navy SEAL come live with him uh, for I think like 30 days in his house. And uh, he met this guy who was so impressed with him. He thought, hey, I'm going to get this guy to come live with me for 30 days because I want to amp up my game. And this is a guy who's already a high performer, like he's a self-made, um, you know, millionaire. Um, and I um, thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So the first day, he, he has the guy say, guy says, well, if you we want to amp up your game, we're going to go do some pull-ups. And this guy, he's pretty good shape. You know, he runs marathons. Um, so he goes down into those little workout room, and he, he does eight good pull-ups, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you do pull-ups,
2: that's not bad.
1: <laughs> Most people can't even do one. So he does eight, and he says, okay, that's all I can do. And the Navy SEAL tells him, we're not leaving this room until you do 100 pull-ups. The guy's like, we're never going to leave this room. Like, literally, (laughs) we're never going to leave this room. The guy's like, well, I'm sorry. You're not going to leave this room until you do 100 pull-ups. And um, so he just kind of keeps going, and, like, one and two at a time. Like, sometimes they weren't very great ones, but in two hours, he did 100 pull-ups. And basically the lesson that he learned, and and it's actually backed up by a lot of behavioral science um, studies is, our mind is really sensitive to uncomfort. And basically our mind will kick in and say, we can't do this, we're tired, it's too hard, we don't know enough, it's beyond our capabilities way before our, we have actually met capacity. In fact, the studies show that we usually stop doing something or give up doing something only when we hit about 40% capacity. And this Navy SEAL had learned that. He's basically, I can do anything. I just need to keep doing it and, and stop listening to my mind. Mm-hmm. In fact, this Navy SEAL wrote, ran, in fact, that's how they met, a 24-hour race, uh, running race. Wow. <laughs> the millionaire was running it as a tag team with a group of like four or five other people. The Navy SEAL ran it. All by himself, he ran nonstop for 24 hours. Part part way through the race, he actually broke his foot and kept running. Um, I think he, he pretty much collapsed at the end, but well, yeah. but still, the point is like we our mind says I'm tired mentally, I'm tired physically, but we still have a lot more in us and a lot of, you guys know it, like there's days you just get a lot of stuff done and you're like just push through just get it done keep working go go and you get a lot of stuff done And i think this is more about how do we do that like we have goals we all know how many blog posts we have we have in our minds for shoulder the boulder or what plugins we want to publish in the store um, but we also know that there's mental barriers that we need to jump over to to get those done that we need to read that package documentation one more time and just do it and then submit it oh no we need a graphic for it because we need to put it in the rock just do it just get it in there we just need to push through and do it um, or those shoulder the border blogs that we just need to do it like i know we want to say tomorrow no, I'm sorry. I'm just Shia I can play up that video for you. Just, just do it. Like, don't do it tomorrow. Do it today. Like, you might even be listening to this. It's a Friday. You maybe you're driving home. Just do it. You can go home and have do your it. Friday date night, and then go home and finish the blog post or package it. Set the goal and do it. Um, and I think that just reminded me how much more, you know, I'm. I can get done too. I mean, I was. Using that even last night, like there's, I had my goal of what I wanted to get done after the kids went to bed, and I got that done. And I got three other things done, and part of me was like, oh, I'm tired. I'll finish doing the documentation for this module that we're trying to get in the store. You know, I can probably finish that this weekend. I'm like, I'm just doing it. Like, I'm just gonna get it done. And then I'm like, okay, it's done. I'll PDF it and I'll put it up into the store, FTP it and put it up in the store. You know, this weekend. I no, I'm gonna do it. And I just kept going. And, it, what it, you know, I wasn't up all night, but it didn't really take much, that much time. It was just more about just continuing and doing it. Um, and so I thought that was a good lesson. It kind of tied in with to what Nick was saying about just getting out there and helping people.
0: And it kind of helps you too, because now that's not hanging out in the back of your brain or hitting your to-do list every day. You start feeling guilty about that. It starts hanging over your head. It's just one of those drags a good freeing feel- feeling to get that just done
1: yeah and they say that actually the best thing you can do when you wake up in the morning is make your bed because you've actually accomplished something <laughs> and having that small accomplishment has now set your day up for more accomplishments but when you don't have a early accomplishment in the day it's sometimes harder to have that accomplishment mentality through the rest of the day so make your bed i sound like your mom <laughs>
0: See what you'd miss if you didn't listen to the podcast. John's Thumbs, bed making.
1: Navy Seals with Broken Feet.
0: Yeah.
1: What other awkward things can we talk about? We won't go there. Yeah.
0: Well, that's probably enough today.
1: I've had enough. Wait, we're only at 40% capacity. This podcast is actually only 40% done. I
2: thought we were going to have a short one this
1: week. (laughs) It's probably best to make it short.
2: All right. Well, let's wrap up with a prayer sounds good Um, do we know the status on real life ministries I know there was a um, A
0: delay on launch a little bit yeah I I mean mean, Nick's son out there not sure right now
2: okay so just general prayers for him uh, as I do that Uh, anything else we want to add to the prayer otherwise I'm going off the board
1: um I just think overall you know continued vision on the on the on the project okay um so I was thinking through the the uh, kind of topic list for today. You know, one of the I, I forgot to put on the list but I was thinking about was just um, you know, giving and and uh, not to spark, but just giving in general for churches and some of the interesting conversations you know, we've had. You know, there's more opportunities this week to actually partner with some more giving vendors where they wanted us to take a piece of the giving and it was really hard to say no, but we did. You know, that I think that's a kind of a point for celebration. Is that sometimes I think through this process we get not tempted in a bad way because it's not the giving vendor; like they're not doing anything wrong. Like, I want to make sure I'm clear about that. But mm-hmm. we had the opportunity to like not say like, break our core values, but bend, be, stretch them, yeah. stretch,
0: yeah, rename them,
1: <laughs> re, yeah, rename them. Was it yeah. <laughs> it's
0: semantics, right?
1: Right. But I I feel proud as a team that we didn't do that. Like. We know we need the funding, but we're not going to do that. Like, we're not going to give in.
2: Right.
1: Um, which reminded me of another conversation I had yesterday with another um, giving partner who actually saved a church. Um, they're going to save that church $200,000 in giving and transaction fees every year. Wow. $200,000. I was like, one way, i like, that's like a couple pastors you can purchase now right. to make real life, life, eternity changing things because that vendor s- helped save them money in transactions like that's what it's all about yeah um, so I mean I guess that's I think the continued prayer that when these things come up we kind of keep on the right road and definitely I think that's why it's nice to have a team because if either one of, any one of us had to make those decisions it'd be easier to then. but yeah. as a team it's, it's we help remind each
2: other Cool. Well, I'm going to do that. Let's do it right now. Father, I just thank you again for um, the strength that you've made with this team and letting us um, kind of get through that temptation and hold out for you and the funding that you're bringing to this project. Uh, we just want to be faithful to everything we've said. Lord, For uh, we just really appreciate Real Life Ministries and how they put a person and their family first above the implementation of a of the system, so we want to honor and respect that, and we just ask for your blessings on that church. And then for all the other churches up here that I'm looking at that are in implementation phase, Lord, we just ask that you would bless their time and give them the wisdom and energy to get through the hurdles of implementation, if they have any, and uh, otherwise we just ask that you just bless that church and their desire to bring in a system like rock to save money and allow them to innovate in ways that they just couldn't do otherwise. We just thank you again for all that you've given us and in your son's name. Amen.
0: This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by rock sponsor Ministry Dynamics. A Wi-Fi presence and equipment provider. Connect with Ministry Dynamics today at rockrms.com/sponsors.